Hello and welcome to another edition of the UK Law Weekly Podcast with me, your host, Marcus Cleaver. This week we're going to be looking at the case of Pakistan International Airline Corporation and Times Travel UK Limited. The citation for this case is 2021 UKSC 49. When we think of duress, it is normally where something is done because of some sort of unlawful threat hanging over the relevant party. The classic example would be handing over your wallet or purse at gunpoint. Okay, you're choosing to hand it over, but the only reason you're doing so is because the gunman is unlawfully holding you hostage. This week's case flips this on its head a bit, and asks what would happen when the threat that exists is a lawful one, but still exerts undue pressure on the party. That might sound a bit unusual, so let me explain the facts of the case, and hopefully you will see what I mean. Times Travel are the appellants in this case and were previously a travel agent whose business involved selling flight tickets to and from Pakistan. Meanwhile, the respondents are Pakistan International Airline Corporation and, as the name suggests, they were the operator of those flights. The arrangement was pretty simple. The airline allocated tickets to Times Travel and the travel agent was then paid commission on all the tickets it managed to sell. Back in 2011, a dispute arose between the airline and a number of travel agents whereby it was alleged that some commission payments had not been made. While many of the travel agents brought a claim, Times Travel did not do so after the airline put pressure on it not to do so. Even in spite of this, the airline still drastically cut Times Travel's ticket allocation from 300 tickets per fortnight to 60 tickets per fortnight. And also, in line with the contract between the parties, gave notice that the agreement would be terminated in one month's time at the end of October 2012. Of course, this would have been fatal to Times Travel, who pretty much relied on this arrangement as their sole source of business. With this in mind, they agreed under pressure to a new arrangement that also included a term that prohibited the travel agent from pursuing legal action for the previously unpaid commission. If that sounds a little bit dodgy to you then, it is also worth pointing out that while the director was shown a copy of the new agreement, he was not allowed to take a copy with him so that he might obtain a second opinion or legal advice. Ultimately, Times Travel did nevertheless bring a claim for the unpaid commission on the basis that the new agreement could be rescinded for lawful act economic duress, which is the phenomenon I was describing at the start of this episode. The travel agent lost in the lower courts and so now they appeal to the Supreme Court, which is where we pick things up. Of course, the first thing that we need to know is what elements constitute lawful act economic duress, and the justices agreed that there are three things that need to be satisfied. Firstly, the threat or pressure by the defendant must be illegitimate. Secondly, the threat or pressure must have caused the claimant to have entered into the contract. And thirdly, the claimant must have had no reasonable alternative but to give in to the threats or the pressure. Normally at this point we would go through each of these elements and see how they apply to this case, but it is pretty clear that the second and third aspects are applicable. Times travel entered into the contract because of the pressure, and given how central the relationship was to their business, they did not have any reasonable alternative. The thing that the Supreme Court had to focus on was the first element – Was the threat or pressure illegitimate? To answer this, Lord Hodge, who gave the lead judgment, considered the two circumstances where the English courts have recognised lawful act duress in the past. The first is where the defendant uses their knowledge of the claimant's criminal activity as a threat. 
The second is where the defendant has exposed themselves to a civil claim from the claimant and enforces the claimant to waive that claim by manoeuvring them into a position of vulnerability. In both situations, the approach of the courts has been heavily influenced by the role of equity, and so what is deemed to be illegitimate is closely aligned with the concept of unconscionability. For those of you who are familiar with equity, you are probably aware that it roughly translates as the court stepping in to do what is fair. However, this doesn't mean that they can simply step in whenever they feel like it, as there are certain rules in place, and it is worth pointing out that judges will be loath to intervene when it would overturn legitimate commercial behaviour. With that in mind, it was decided that times travel cannot rescind the new agreement with the airline. In the first instance, the airline gave timely and proper notice that the first agreement would be terminated, so there can be no complaint there. After that, the airline had a genuine belief that it did not owe any outstanding commission payments and that the civil claim did not have any legs in that regard. This contributed to the Supreme Court holding that there was not any lawful act economic duress at play here. As we move to our own analysis, there is an interesting academic discussion to be had here around the very existence of lawful act economic duress. In the build-up to this case, Paul Davis and William Day write in the Law Quarterly Review as follows, quote, We suggest that the Supreme Court should jettison the concept of lawful act duress. The lack of reported cases applying the doctrine demonstrates that there would be no gap in the law if lawful act duress were abolished, and the welcome effect would be to place the law of contract on a more certain and stable footing avoiding protracted and expensive litigation about the existence and scope of lawful act duress. Whereas the Court of Appeal in CTN Cash and Carry Limited and Gallagher Limited from 1994 took a never-say-never approach to the possibility of lawful act duress, it is to be hoped that the Supreme Court in time's travel will be more definitive and explicitly reject such an open-ended doctrine." End quote. As we now know, the Supreme Court did not jettison the concept of lawful act duress at all, but they did acknowledge this critique and responded to it. For a start, while there is an obvious space in the law for unlawful act duress, there is also use in having space for lawful acts that are nevertheless illegitimate. This point is furthered by a comparison with the crime of blackmail, which, while not identical, does share a lot of similarities with lawful act economic duress. In particular, blackmail can include threats of lawful action where, for example, a victim is extorted because another person threatens to report criminal activity to the police. Given that analogy, it seems appropriate to retain the possibility of a lawful action giving rise to economic duress and the potential for a contract to be rescinded. Of course, on the other side of this argument, there is the fact that if a legitimate contract can be rescinded, then that does have the potential to cause commercial uncertainty, which is one of the things that the justices said that they hope to avoid. I would add to this that I am also sceptical of lawful act economic duress on this same ground, and in this particular case a cause for concern was the emphasis that was placed on the state of mind of the defendant. It was held that the airline did genuinely believe that they did not owe past commission, but that doesn't seem to marry up with their actions, whereby they cancelled their current arrangement with Times Travel, and then essentially coerced them into a new deal with significantly worse terms. At the same time that the Supreme Court uses this case to uphold the existence of lawful act economic duress, 
they choose not to apply it in a case where it does seem to fit. I can understand that there is a need to be cautious if there is to be a ground for setting aside an otherwise lawful agreement between parties, but the justices should probably have picked a side, and here they have done neither. Well, thank you very much for tuning into this podcast, and thanks as ever to bensound.com, who provide the theme music. A quick reminder before we go that if you would like to support the podcast and help to keep it ad-free, then you can subscribe to my newsletter and earn yourself some nice perks, including more content from me each week, and a free ebook on how to answer essay questions on a law degree. If that sounds like something you're interested in, then check out the link in the description to this podcast episode. Anyway, I'll be back with another episode next week, but for now, bye!